Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. It is After Class, the podcast with Miss Donovan, week seven, Algebra one overview. Woo-hoo! So we're going to go over targets 6-1 through 6-3, which are the same target, just different lessons. We're going to go over what we did starting last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week, Tuesday, or this week, Tuesday, and what we did on this week, Wednesday, and then have a quick assessment overview, which I know is what you are all here for. So it's time that we get into the topics. We're going to start by going over our mathematician of the week this week, who in, um, who was along with Indigenous Peoples Day, was Native American, you know, in celebration of that. So we had our mathematician of the week. His name was Robert Eugene Megason. He was born in 1948 in Washington, Illinois. So in Illinois, just like you and me, he is in Ogala, Seahawks Heritage. So again, he's Native American. He got his bachelor's of science, his master's degree, and his PhD, all from the University of Illinois in 1969, 1983, and then 1984. His dissertation was titled The Semi-Cad-Cli, Condition in the Nearest Point, Properties of the Sets in Normed Linear Spaces. His grandfather fathered his love for mathematics, even though his grandfather never had any formal training in it. His grandfather used to give him these little, like, math problems to do as a kid, and he used to, like, just, like, really love doing it. So recently, he has kind of stopped with um, mathematics, um, the study of the subjects per se, and more has taken up um, how underrepresented mathematics is. There's a lot of, um, there's not that much diversity because like he is about one of about a dozen Native Americans to hold a doctorate in mathematics in the country. So again, only like 12 people in total who are Native Americans who have PhDs in math. So it's been a really big issue. And something he has, um, his work, because of his work in it, he has actually received, he's one of 10 individuals who was honored to receive the 1997 U.S. Presidential Award for Excellence in Science and Mathematics and Engineering Mentoring. Again, because of all the really amazing work he did to try and diversify mathematics. So that is our mathematician of the week, Robert Eugene Megason. So again, he's a pretty awesome dude. It is Wednesday, my dudes. So on last week, Wednesday, October 7th, we started with our target, which is the target, our overarching target for this entire episode. I can identify and interpret key features of a graph. Those key features would be independent and dependent variable, X and Y intercept, the minimum and maximum relative and absolute, as well as you can identify a discrete or a continuous graph. So that was our very long target. Your homework for this day was page 86, 25 through 27. And today we really just focused on a few of those words. So we focused on independent and dependent variable, continuous and discrete graph, and then the domain and range, which we had already kind of looked at before. So your independent variable is the input values, the value substituted in the function. This value directly impacts the dependent variable. This is the control variable. The dependent variable is the output values. These um Values are determined by the input values or the independent values, and the variable is dependent on something else. So our x and y values, our x values are the independent variable. The y values would be the dependent. The domain would be the independent. The range would be the dependent. The cause of something would be an independent variable. The effect of that cause would be the dependent variable. And if we did like some kind of like example that was like a word problem where it was like the type of fertilizer and how it impacts plant height, the type of fertilizer would be the independent variable and the plant height would be the dependent variable. So again, a lot of times we're going to really be talking about independent and dependent variables along 
along or around some kind of word problem. So again, the distance along the track um, and how the distance along the track um, is the, uh, impacts the height above the ground it is. So again, mostly going to be um, word problems. Then we talked about continuous and discrete graphs. So a continuous graph is the point, uh, the points on the graph are connected. So they're indicating the domain and range are a set of all real numbers with no breaks in between. So there is a line. The easiest way to notice a continuous graph is if there is a line connecting the points. A discrete graph is the, the data, the data consists of individual points that are not connected by a line or a curve. So these are individual points on the graph. So continuous has a line connecting it. Discrete are going to be individual points with no line connecting them. Then we talked to Ben again about the domain and range. The domain is the input values of a relation. The range is the output values. And again, um, your domain for uh, continuous Graphs are either going to be all real numbers or an inequality, um, and the range for it is going to be the same thing. The range and domain for discrete graphs are going to be whatever the x values and the y values are of those specific points. And that is all we did on Wednesday. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday. Can you remember Thursday? <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday? <laughs> Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day, Wednesday, when, huh, what day, Thursday, the third day, okay? So let's go over what we did on Thursday. It was 6-1 day 2. So we kind of went over the other words that we hadn't really looked at. So we went over x and y intercept as well as minimum and maximum, the relative and absolute. The x-intercept is the point at which the graph of the function intersects the x-axis. So the x-intercept is at a point where y equals 0. So you're going to write your x and y-intercepts as coordinate points always. And so, again, if you're writing a coordinate point for an x-intercept, it would have an x-value, comma, 0. The y-intercept is the point at which the graph of the function intersects the y-axis. So, again, the y-intercept is going to be at a point where x equals 0. So if you're doing a coordinate point, the y-intercept is coordinate point is going to be 0, comma, whatever y is. There are two ways you could figure it out. You can look at a graph, and if you look at the graph, you just see where it crosses the x-intercept and the y-intercept, or where it crosses the x-axis and the y-axis. The other thing is you could be given a function. If you're given a function to find the y-intercept, you're going to plug in 0 for x, so... That's going to be the easier one, probably. For the x-intercept, you have to set the equation up equal to x, and, or up equal to 0, and then solve for x. Next, we focus on our maximum and our minimum, and we had relative maximums and minimums, and absolute maximums and minimums, as well as relative minimums and our relative and absolute of both. So our relative maximum is the greatest value of f of x uh, for the values in a limited open domain for a function. So it kind of just looks like it's the highest point. The absolute maximum is the greatest value of f of x for all the values in the domain of the function. So the relative is going to be between a specific domain. Uh, the absolute is going to be the whole domain. The relative minimum is the least value um, of, f of, of f of x for values in a limited open domain. So again, a specific domain like a smaller domain from the function. Um, but again, the absolute is going to be the absolute smallest part over the whole entire domain. You're going to do this mostly by looking at, you're going to actually be able to look at the graphs and see what looks like the domain and what looks like the, or what looks like the minimum and what looks like the maximum. Most of the time, I'm just going to ask you, is there a maximum, is there a minimum, and what are they? Okay, so that's it for what we did on Thursday. It's Friday, Friday.
Okay, so it's time to talk about what we did on Friday. On Friday, we started 6-2, so it had the same target. All of these have the same target. But basically, here in 6-2, it's just kind of going a little more in-depth of what we did. So we started with some book notes that were from pages, what it was at 87 to, I believe, 91. 87 to 91. So we started by looking off. We had a function. We were talking about specific function rules versus the graph of functions. And we were talking about relative domain and range of a function and identifying the key features again. So the first thing is we looked at a graph here and the difference between the graph that we'd looked at um, this today and some of the prior days is that this one had two different branches. There was an x value that was not equal for anything. So we kind of talked about domain and range that have certain stipulations. So what is a stipulation? Um, are all values available? Um, so again, that's kind of what we were talking about. Basically, we really focused on domain and range. Uh, we found the domain, we found the range, we found y-intercepts, minimums or maximums exist, and what they would be. Uh, then we also talked about whether or not it would be a function. So remember, it's a function if it passes the vertical line test or if each input only has one output. So again, this was just kind of, it was nothing new today. It was more of just a big review of everything that we've been talking about. So remember how can we determine from a function's graph whether the function has any maximums or minimums? Will it ever reach a higher low point? That's what we ask ourselves, and we just kind of look. How can we determine the domain of a function by examining its graph, by examining its function rule? With the graph, we look at what x values are included. When we see a function rule, uh, we're just going to look at the x values that aren't going to be able to be substituted. Um, so again, if uh, we have a function that has a restricted domain, so say the function f of x equals 1 over x, x could not equal 0 because we'd have an undefined denominator. So this was, again, more of just review. So it's going more deep into the topics that we had been really focusing on for 6-1. Okay, so we're going to go over what we did on Tuesday, which was 6-3. So same target we've been talking about this whole um after class podcast overview. Um, but today, again, it was Tuesday. We focused more on kind of specific domain and ranges. So something that I would call a reasonable domain in a reasonable range. So we looked at a regular graph with a function. The function was f of x equals 3x plus 2. Um, we just looked at that function. And then we looked and saw that like the domain and range were all real numbers because the function is a linear function and it goes on forever and ever in both directions. We then talked about reasonable domain and range. So again, if you have a real-world situation, not all values are going to make sense for the domain and range. So examples are distance can't be negative. You can't have a half a person, so people can't be decimals or fractions. So again, in certain situations, the values that make sense for the domain and range are going to be called the reasonable domain and range. We then looked at our same function f of x equals 3x plus 2, but in a real-world situation. So we said a taxi ride cost an initial of $3.00 which is charged as soon as you get in the cab. So you get in the cab, you're charged $3. And then for each mile, you're charged two more dollars. So we figured out, uh, we wanted to know what the reasonable domain and range were. So again, we talked about the domain. So again, you can't go a negative distance. The variable x represents the number of miles. So it's not going to be negative. It wouldn't make sense. It's only going to be positive. So our reasonable domain was that the domain would be x is greater than or equal to zero. Then we talked about uh, the reasonable range. The range has to go along with the domain. So again, since the domain is x is greater than or equal to zero, um, it has to correspond with that. So if we plug in zero to our function, you 
the output becomes 3. So for the graph, the all y values that correspond with the reasonable domain values are greater than or equal to 3. So that is our reasonable range. So again, we are talking again kind of about the domain and range of just real world functions and what they are. So remember, again, if you have a function in a real-world situation, it's not necessarily going to have the same domain and range as the function outside of that situation because there are stipulations to real-world situations, things that might not make any sense. We also kind of looked at that with discrete graphs. Um, again, the domain and range of discrete graphs are going to be the x and y values of the points. So again, um, domain and range here are going to go along with the independent and dependent variable. The independent variable is going to be what does your domain represent? What does your uh, range represent will be the dependent variable. So it was basically, again, talking about all the key features we've been focusing on for the past few days, but in the lens of a real world situation. So again, um, make sure you're thinking about what is reasonable. Is it reasonable to go a negative distance? No, it is not. So make sure you're paying attention to that. It is Wednesday, my dudes. On Wednesday, we focused more on our choice board review activity. So again, the choice board is worth five homework points. It is due Thursday at the beginning of class. If you have any questions, make sure you email me asking it. Again, you have to complete five points worth of activities. Those activities are listed under the material on Google Classroom. So if you have any questions about that, you can always ask me. But make sure you know what you're doing because we will do choice boards again later in the future. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday. Can you remember Thursday? Yeah, so Tuesday? Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when, huh? What day? Thursday. The third day, okay? Okay, so we are going to start our assessment number seven overview, what you are all here for. So let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six targets on this assessment. You can skip the first two if you like your grades for 3-3 and 4-1. But if you don't, make sure you're doing them. 3-3, it's I can solve compound inequalities. and um, I can graph compound inequalities and solve compound inequalities. You're being asked to graph and solve an or compound inequalities. So make sure your arrows are going in two different directions. Um, again, two different directions. 4-1 is I can solve an absolute value equation. So you have the equation, it's x plus 5 equals 7. Um, it's the absolute value, absolute value of x plus 5. What you're going to do is you're going to set x plus 5 up equal to 7 and x plus 5 equal to negative 7. You should get two answers for full credit here. 5-1 is I can represent relations and functions using tables, diagrams, and graphs and identify the relations or functions. The first one says write this relation as a mapping. Is it a function? Yes or no. Why or why not? So you have a few things. You need to move the coordinate points into the mapping. Then you need to say, is it a function and why or why not? And then you have a graph. It says, is the relation a function? Why or why not? Uh, yes or no? Again, answer those. 5-2 is I can describe the domain and range of a function and find its input and output pairs for a function. You need to list the domain for a table of the domain and range. And then you need to list the domain and range for uh, a graph. 5-3, I can evaluate a function for specific values of the domain. 
You need to write the function in function notation. So that means moving it from y equals to f of x equals instead of y equals. Next, you need to evaluate the function. I give you x equals two things. You need to plug it in and solve for f or for x or for f of x, not for x. Um, and then we have our learning cards for 6.1, 6.2, and 6.3. I can identify and interpret key features of a graph. So it includes independent and dependent variable, y-intercept, x-intercept, the minimum and maximum relative and absolute. And you can identify a discrete or continuous graph. You're asked for the first one, is the graph discrete or continuous? And then list the domain and range. For the second one, is there a minimum or a maximum? List the minimum or maximum value. And the third one says, what is the independent and dependent variable for the situation? So that is the assessment. Again, you have to do every target starting with 5-1 to 6-3. So there are two targets, 3-3 and 4-1 you can skip. But again, if you don't like your grade, go ahead and do those again. That's it for our assessment number seven overview. So let's get back to the pod. Okay, and that is it for After Class this week, the podcast with Miss Donovan. If you have any questions, my office hours are from 2.10 to 3 o'clock. As always, other than that, make sure you're ready for your assessment tomorrow. And I will see you in class, Algebra 1.